inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is At The Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to At The Core with Walker Wobbin and Rick Green. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach, with you here on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So thanks for joining me today on this Tuesday afternoon. If you'd like to join the call and the conversation today, it's 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. If you want to learn more about what we're doing, how we're making a difference, how we're training Constitution coaches across the country, 23,000 of them now. That's not good news to you. I don't know what would be. 23,000 people out there saying, all right, here am I. Here am I, Lord. Send me. I'll do it. I'll be the one to stand up in my family, in my church, in my neighborhood, and bring back biblical perspective on how to be a good citizen. So if you're not hosting a class yet in your community, now is the time. Get signed up today, patriotacademy.com. Let's get to the headlines. Lots of good, bad, and ugly out there. I tend to focus on the good normally, but let me just give you a little, little. it's just a small bad, and and then, then I'll get to some good. Uh, it looks like the Biden administration is still sitting on this, hopefully, hopefully going to finally get through. But I, I was shocked when I saw this article. This is in, uh, let's see, Washington Times, and it's a former congressman that, that wrote the article, uh, Todd Tehart, uh, who I interviewed for our Wall Builders program, which you can hear on the weekends here on American Family Radio. But this this is crazy. Alaska's National Petroleum Reserve has 600 million barrels of petroleum. It's called the Willow Project, and it's been sitting there for 20 years. The lease was acquired in 1999, as Congressman T. Hart points out in his article, uh, Bill Clinton was president. This has been a, a generation ago, folks. Come on, a whole generation. Permitting process has continued for over two decades and five presidential terms. And what the former congressman is saying is, okay, it's sitting with the Biden administration's Bureau of Land Management. Get it done. We're talking $10 billion in tax and royalty revenue uh, under Alaska law. It'll go to the state of Alaska. Uh, all those royalties, half, you know, half of them are going to go to Native communities. I mean, it's a, it's a big big deal for them in alaska but folks it's a big deal for us we need to be you know the old remember the old thing drill baby drill what happened to that we need to be doing that more and more drill baby drill let's uh drill everywhere and get the price down uh anyway just thought that was worth pointing out it's called the willow project i was not familiar with this you may have been i wasn't uh it's another one of those that the you know crazy um radical uh earth worshiping environmental worshiping folks which is uh we're taught in Romans, you know, they worship the creation rather than the creator. That's essentially who these people are, and they love to worship the creation rather than the creator. And 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 they're illogical. They, they, there's no actual science with these people. There's no, you know, following logic or reason. I, I, I borrowed from Newt Gingrich 25 years ago. He had a book. I can't remember the name of the book now, but um, but in it he talked about being an environmentally rational. I'm sorry, scientifically based environmentally uh, ra- or economically rational environmentalist. Let me try that again. Here's how, I, here's how he said it. Sorry, Newt, if you're out there listening. He, he called it this. He said, he, I'm going to be a scientifically based, economically rational environmentalist. 
And and I kind of I, I borrowed that. I guess stole it. I don't know. Twenty years ago, twenty five years ago, because I think that makes sense. That's the way that it should be done. You ought to be scientifically based. You ought to be economically rational. And then, yes, you take care of what God gave us. He said to to reign and have dominion, not rape and pillage. So I'm all for taking care of it. Uh, I just think that we ought to be rational about it, and uh, and we don't do that very often, and this would be a perfect example. 20 years, I mean, that's just insane, 23 years uh, that this thing has been languishing, and it would help all of us. It would lower the price at the pump, so drill, baby, drill. Let's get let, get more of that done all across the country. Okay, uh, really good news. Got to really highlight this one. I'm excited about this piece of good news. The um, the, the guy in, I uh, can't remember now if it was Kansas, where was, uh, where was Mark Hawk arrested? Uh, let's see. Uh, missing the headline here. Uh, anyway, this is the guy. We talked about it on the program many times. He was uh, arrested because he was um, he was a pro-life activist. He'd been out there many, 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 many times uh, saving lives, did, did you know, was, was protecting his family in this particular case. This radical pro-abortionist, this 72-year-old guy that's just kind of a crazy, um, you know, was essentially harassing Mark's kid and getting in his face and wouldn't leave him alone. And, uh, and, and, and Mark kept moving his kid away from this guy and ultimately ended up having to push this guy to get him away from his kid. And, oh, my goodness, they came after him with a vengeance. The FBI raided Mark's house. Uh, you remember that. I mean, most everybody remembers this from, from just the, the, the shock that we all felt. 30 FBI agents raided his house and arrested him. Guns pointed in on he and the kids. Uh, and seven children, he and he, he, his wife and, and children were all there early in the morning when the FBI showed up. This is one of those abuses by the FBI that we've been trying to point out and, and the Department of Justice. He was found not guilty. So he, he finally had his his uh, his day in court uh, and uh, found not guilty, unanimous, not guilty. And so it's just highlighting the abuse of the FBI and the abuse of the DOJ. This should have never happened, let alone an early morning raid and uh, and the way that they went in on this guy, guns pointed in. When And by the way, when you dig into this thing, it wasn't like you know the incident happened the day before, and so they were worried that Mark was a threat to to the community, you know, a, a danger to society. No, it had happened like a year before. It had already been essentially adjudicated and, and reviewed and all of that stuff. So this was nothing but intimidation to pro-lifers. This was Joe Biden's administration, Joe Biden's Department of Justice, intimidating you for being pro-life. And making you not want to save babies, not want to go out, not put your reputation on the line, not not go out and and uh, and and pray at, at at abortion clinics or do any of the things that that so many wonderful people in the pro life movement do to save lives in a respectful way. Uh, they they were trying to intimidate you and prevent you from being a, being a part of that. And so Chip Roy, my congressman, who I am very proud of right now, uh, for his uh, you know stance um, over the last month and and. and gaining a lot of the, the, the positive things this, this Republican Congress is going to be able to do. Um, at any rate, Chip Roy uh, tweeted out, I think, a very good question. He said, first of all, shared the article about the fact that, uh, that Mark was found not guilty, and he said, this begs the question of, of 48, why did we give $48 billion to the Department of Justice? $48 billion to the Department of Justice. Uh, now, listen, I know many of you will will disagree with me on this probably, but I'm, I'm, I'm breaking open my... Uh, my uh, biblical citizenship uh, workbook here, and I'm looking in the back at the Constitution of the United States of America, 
And I'm uh, I'm trying to find Article 1. Let's see. Article 1, Section 8. This is where we find the powers of Congress. This is the, the powers of the federal government, essentially. What are the things that the federal government can do? And there's there's 15 things listed here. And as I go through the list, I'm uh, I'm really um, I'm hard pressed to find. Here we go. Let's see. Uh, Article one, section eight. That's what I'm looking for. Let's see. We got taxes, duties, impost, excises. We got to borrow money, regulate commerce. We got naturalization. So in other words, immigration. Uh, let's see. Some other important things for the federal government to do. Coin money, provide for the punishment of counterfeiting, post offices and post roads, promote the progress of science and useful arts by securing for a limited time to authors and inventors the exclusive right. We do a whole section on that in our class because it's not to pay for your scientific invention. It's to promote it by protecting your invention. In other words, patents, copyrights, trademarks. Okay, uh, tribunals uh, inferior to the Supreme Court. Def- What's my point? Nowhere in here is a Department of Justice. Nowhere in here is the FBI. So in other words, you have these law enforcement agencies at the federal level that are really state responsibilities. Police power was invested in the states. The founding fathers split the power up, okay, when they created this this really unique um, form of federalism under our Constitution where the feds, federalism does not mean powers concentrated in the feds. Federalism means that it is split between the feds and the states and the local government and that and that that we limit the powers of the federal government only 15 things listed there two more are added by the 27 amendments but but my point is that police power was given to the states so what did they give to the feds what they gave to the feds was the ability to secure the border the ability to fight foreign wars the ability to um, make sure that commerce flowed across state lines freely and that states could not put up barriers to prevent your business from going and doing business or from you going, crossing state lines and buying something and that sort of thing. Um, you know, to basically to create a free flow of commerce and to protect the entity as a whole, but not to be the local police force. Certainly not to go in with 30 federal armed officers, guns pointed in, because someone got pushed down on the sidewalk? Are, are you kidding me? We're going to have the FBI raid people's homes early in the morning because of what turns out really amounts to maybe a shoving match? Maybe? I don't even think it amounted to that much. But even if it did, the FBI's got no business delving into this. Now, why were they there in the first place? They were, they were there because of this law that was passed, essentially a, a pro-abortion law, that that makes it you know a federal offense to inhibit someone from going in to get you know an abortion or, or going in and get uh, you know the, 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 this type of thing you can you can actually turn it around and use it uh, for our our pro life clinics as well but it's not something the federal government should be involved in at all and so here we see a major abuse of it a, a really you know what appears to be from I don't know them. But, you know, you look at the pictures and you're going, okay, these are not your party animal kind of crazy people. All right. Looks like a very sweet homeschool family 
I don't even know if they homeschool, but they look like a homeschool family. <laughs> okay, I'm a homeschool family, so you know it takes one to know one, right? So uh, I don't mean that as an insult. Don't don't send me hate mail about what a homeschool family looks like out there. But let's be honest, there is a look <laughs> for for a lot of us as homeschool families. Anyway, looks like a very sweet family. In other words, they look like they're wholesome. They look like they you know aren't out tearing up things. These aren't the kind of people that are you know marching around the parking lot of the pro abortion clinic you know, uh, uh, defacing things or tearing down fences or setting cars on fires or, oh, let's see, who does that? Who 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 should we possibly have if we're going to have a DOJ and an FBI? Maybe they should be looking into these people that are burning cars in the middle of town in Memphis and other places. Uh, that's probably the ones, if you're going to have a federal law enforcement agency, that should be engaged, uh, that they should be after. But, yeah, they're too busy for that sort of thing. They're too busy coming after you as a patriot. They're too busy looking into you if you're an anti-vaxxer. If you if you question the science, if you question the Fauci, if you actually question whether or not you should allow the government to shove a needle into your arm and force inject you with some experimental application uh, that they say is safe and effective, and it turns out is neither safe nor effective, um, if you question that, you're the one that they want to look into. You're the one that they want to call Twitter on and say, hey, this green guy, you need to cancel him off of your off of your social media. Don't allow him to speak because when he speaks, it's misinformation. That's the big word they're going to use, right? Misinformation. Uh, that's the type of federal law enforcement agency you have. The FBI runs over to the Twitter and silences anybody that's questioning the narrative. Is that really what you want? You want the federal government making the decision on what misinformation is you want the federal government making the decision on what science is they, they shouldn't be involved in science at all what did i just read to you out of article one what does it say to promote the progress of science and useful arts how how this is so important right after the comma by securing for limited times to authors and inventors the exclusive right to their respective writings and discoveries what is that patents copyrights trademarks that's the extent of federal involvement protecting your property which of course goes back to the declaration of independence which says that to secure these rights governments are instituted among men deriving their just powers from the consent of the government so the whole purpose of government under our system is to protect your rights protect your property protect your inventions not to decide which inventions are worthy not to decide which inventions should be forced on the american people without their consent forced on the american people at the point of a gun, essentially, whenever you say we're going to take away your job, we're not going to let you go into polite society, we're not going to let you participate in society unless you do that. What an abuse of power. And it all comes from this mindset. The government should make all these decisions for us. The government should decide your health care decisions. Well, you know what? Some people from the medical community are finally admitting they got it wrong. We're going to talk about that when we come back from the break. Phone number is 888-589-8840. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach. You are listening to After Core with Walker Wildman and Rick Green. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. I will represent the American Family Association this Wednesday at the Museum of the Bible during the National Gathering of Prayer and Repentance, where I will join Tony Perkins and Graham Lotz, Pastor Jim Garlow, Congressman Mike Johnson, and many other pastors and ministry leaders and elected officials as we cry out to the Lord in repentance for our nation. 
Repentance is our most desperate national need. You can watch the prayer meeting Wednesday morning, February 1st at 7.30 a.m. Central at PrayDC.org. That's PrayDC.org. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner or visit the podcast page at AFR.net for more from Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. Does your girl see herself as one abandoned on a deserted island or part of a continent community? Whether she's wired as an introvert or an extrovert, when she finds herself in spiritual warfare, being a lone ranger will not serve her heart well. I've heard it said we learn better in circles than we do in rows, meaning God's people are meant to bear with one another in love, as Ephesians 4 verse 2 states. When life gets hard and the enemy works against your girl, remind her to fight hard to stay in community when she wants to retreat into solitude. Beautiful gifts like encouragement, wise counsel, and studying God's Word with other believers will ensure she can battle with all her tools rather than fighting with one arm tied behind her back. We are all called to raise up the next generation of Christian leaders. Learn more about empowering girls at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality is changing hearts and lives. It speaks directly to the power and the grace of God. It gives me hope for people that I know that are struggling. The whole idea of In His Image has moved me. We actually had one gentleman contact us, and he said that this film changed his mind about this issue. We had a pastor reach out to us, and he said that he'd been struggling with hatred in his heart towards people in the LGBTQ community, and this film helped him to realize he needed to have compassion and show people the love of Christ. We also had this same-sex attracted couple contact us, and they said after seeing the film, they wanted to live obedient lives for Christ no matter what, and they said, please. Please pray for us. We know this is going to be hard. We've even had people come to faith in Jesus through In His Image. To find out more, visit InHisImage.movie. At the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Now, back to At the Core on American Family Radio. We're back on At the Core with Walker Waldman and Rick Green. Thanks for staying with us today. Phone number is 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. As I mentioned as we were headed into the break, uh, a lot of the misinformation, the anti-science uh, community out there that, uh, that, that foisted so many lies on the American people over the last three years under the religion of Pope Frouchy uh, and followed the advice of the man that did more damage to the American system and people and economy than any other human being in our history. And I'll repeat that a million times uh, because I believe it and I know I can back it up. Okay, so um, a lot of that community has turned around. They've they've awakened. We're starting to see fewer and uh, more and more doctors, doctors refusing to take the jab. We're, We're starting to see more and more people question uh, the uh, the way this whole thing was handled and and there was a really interesting article and I I you know normally I like to just pontificate myself you know and just rattle on whatever comes to my mind uh, uh, but in this case I'm gonna I'm gonna read to you uh, from this opinion article in Newsweek because it's so good I mean this is more of this more of this I, I listen I've been really wrong before and 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 I've gotten things wrong and then when I've been convinced wow I missed it I I tend to become 
a real champion for that very position that I was against once I figure out, wow, they were right, right? I mean, once you're convinced in that way and you and you actually come to terms with science or data or, or, or evidence or or maybe it's some 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 position on theology, right, that you held for a long time and then either the Holy Spirit reveals it to you or you find something in Scripture you missed before or whatever it is, then you, you tend to become very passionate about now that very position that you were against before. I, I, I've been that way, the way with things. I'm that way with Convention of States. I was against Convention of States. Then the more I delved into it, the more I studied why George Mason made that suggestion at the end of the Constitutional Convention and why it was unanimous. Every single one of them supported it and why we need it so bad today and what the safety valves are and all those things. I am now a major champion of Convention of States and, and talk about it often and have a whole section in all of my Constitution classes on that. Well, I think that's going to happen with COVID. I, I think people that were so into the narrative and so sold out to the to the to the religion of Fauci uh, have have realized just how wrong they were, and they're now not only saying you know mea culpa I was wrong, they're saying we got this wrong and we need to make sure we never get it that wrong again. So here's a great article in Newsweek. This guy is uh, is named Kevin Bass. He's apparently a medical uh, let's see medical uh, researcher and student. So he basically says, look, as a medical student and researcher, and you can you can get this article at Newsweek if you just Google his name uh, or you go to Newsweek and, and, and search for his name. But the title of the article is, It's Time for the Scientific Community to Admit We Were Wrong About COVID and It Cost Lives. Now, folks, just that headline is huge, right? Because not only is he saying we got it wrong, he's saying we got it so wrong it cost lives. Now, you remember Andrew Cuomo the the illustrious worst governor in in New York history um saying if it saves one life it'll be worth it really really well what if it costs 10,000 lives but you saved one life is that worth it i don't think so but again that's not logic that's not science that's religion that's that's a cult that's a that's a cultish view that that Cuomo is really just political expediency but remember how he was just worshiped by the media i mean andrew cuomo was the greatest politician in america he was saving everybody he was their presidential nominee and then of course it turns out he was uh, had some had some real problems and uh, now he's totally gone nobody talks about him anymore but the fact that we're admitting that the scientific community, the scientific community, people from the scientific community are admitting we got it wrong and it costs lives. Now, we've said that here a lot, right? We've pointed out if you hadn't lied about ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and budesonide, all these treatments out there, we would have saved hundreds of thousands of lives in America, millions of lives around the world, and and prevented so many of the of those deaths if you hadn't lied about that. We would have also saved millions of people from adverse reactions to the vaccine if you hadn't lied about that and you'd been honest about it and only those at great risk would have gotten the vaccine and only those that that it was worth the cost benefit analysis you know we used to do that a cost benefit analysis okay what's the cost what's the benefit in this case with covid it was like this weird cultish just like religious zealotry of 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 we, there, it doesn't matter what the cost is. The, the, this is so important for us to do, and it's going to say. And there was just this this lack of, of sanity. Okay, so here's what this guy says. Again, his name's Kevin Bass. Um, says I was a medical student researcher. I staunchly supported the efforts of the public health authorities when it came to COVID nineteen. I believed that the authorities responded to the largest public health crisis of our lives with compassion, diligence, and scientific expertise. I was with them when they called for lockdowns, vaccines, and boosters. 
I was wrong. We in the scientific community were wrong, and it cost lives. Now, let me just stop there for a second. Now, first of all, almost almost every time in history when we get something this wrong and it's and it's this devastating the the overreaction or the the, the action of government or community or society is is, is so um, egregious that it causes so much death and pain and destruction usually when that happens it's because it's built on a foundation of lies that if it was built on actual science and truth it's a lot harder to get it wrong because your response is going to be more rational. Well, in this case, he said, I believe that the authorities responded to, quote, the largest public health crisis of our lives. Well, right there, you can already see where we're getting off track. Was COVID the largest public health crisis of our lives? What, what Was this actually the worst thing to happen from a health perspective in our entire, and I guess it depends on your age, if we're going to say in our lives, I mean, it's certainly not as bad as Spanish flu, but we weren't alive for that, right? I mean, there, there, there's some people, if you're you're 100 and, do a little math in my head here, if you're 104 or older, then you were around for Spanish flu. And there were some people, I read some really interesting articles uh, when all this hit of people that, that were alive for Spanish flu and alive for COVID and, and got, you know, uh, either got, but I can't remember the exact stories, but anyway, there were some people. Okay. Bottom line is that maybe if we're going to be very specific about his language was not during our lifetime, but it was way worse, way, way worse. Now there were people that wrote about this that caused people to think this was the worst crisis of not just our lives, but history, because they said the novel, remember the language from the beginning, the novel coronavirus it wasn't just the coronavirus. Cause we got, we've had coronaviruses forever, right? Uh, it was the novel coronavirus way 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 worse than any that we'd ever experienced before listen spanish flu was 25 times more deadly than covid 19 so it's not even in the same ballpark we're not even close to what that was like but i'll, I'll give it that that wasn't in our lifetime but but man you had swine flu you had the hong kong flu you had all these other ones that killed just as many people we just haven't done the data correctly and that was the other reason this thing was built on a pack of lies they lied about how many people were dying from covid they lied about how many people had had covid so all the data got manipulated they were acting like this was like a three to five percent case fatality rate no no not even close it's a point one percent case fatality rate at the highest that's that's it that, that's not for for most people but but for some it's 0.1 percent even if it was one percent which it was not even close to that but that's the perception that they tried to give so all based on a pack of lies people really did think this was the largest public health crisis of our lives it was made into the largest crisis of our lives because of the government reaction not because of the virus itself and just so maybe I can head off some of the phone calls that might come in on this. I'm not saying the virus didn't exist. I'm not like a, you know, I, some people, you're a COVID denier. No, COVID existed, existed, <laughs> existed and exists even now. No question. And it can kill you. No question. Almost killed my dad. We're lucky my dad's with us today. Blessed that we found a doctor that would actually treat him rather than just shove a ventilator down his throat. So nearly killed my dad, killed people. You know, we all know somebody that died from COVID. Most of it was died with COVID, but we know people that died from COVID. It it, 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 wore, it nearly, I mean, I was down for two weeks. It was bad. It was bad, bad. My wife was, it was bad for both of us, okay? So it exists. It is a bad virus, but it is nothing like what they projected it to be or that they treated it to be, and the government overreaction was far worse 
than the virus itself. Remember someone saying this? I don't I do not do a very good Trump impersonation, but he said something to the effect of the treatment should not be worse than the virus, right? That the treatment, the cure should not be worse than the virus. The cure should not be worse than the sickness. That's normally the way you would approach these things. We did not approach this that way. We made sure that it didn't matter what the costs were. We were going to force our treatment on everybody. Okay, now back to his article. Here we go. Uh, Kevin goes on to say, uh, I can see now that the scientific community from the CDC, remember my nickname for them, the Center for Demented Confusion, because that's exactly what they created across the United States and around the world. He said, I can see now from the scientific community uh, that the scientific community from the CDC to the WHO, that's the World Health Organization, to the FDA, that's the federal agency that is completely unconstitutional, along with the CDC, that, that was supposed to regulate, uh, review, you know, make sure that vaccines were safe, all that good stuff. And their representatives repeatedly overstated the evidence and misled the public about its own views and policies, including on natural versus artificial immunity, school closures, disease transmission, aerosol spread, mask mandates, and vaccine effectiveness and safety, especially among the young. All of these were scientific mistakes at the time, not in hindsight. Amazingly, some of these obfuscations, I can't say the word right now. Sorry, it's one of those tongue ties on the air, Um, continue to the present day. In other words, he's saying it wasn't that these things were wrong and now that we look back, we can tell we got it wrong. He's saying these things were wrong in the moment and it was obvious. The science was there. We should have known that natural immunity, all throughout our history we've known natural immunity is better than artificial immunity that you create with a vaccine. We've always known that. We knew that with chickenpox. We knew that with all of these things. We didn't advertise it because they really wanted to push the vaccines, but at least we knew that in the scientific community, and you would, they would admit that if you asked the doctor, is it better to get chickenpox or get the chickenpox vaccine? Which one's going to give me the longer immunity? Everybody knew if you had had chickenpox, lifetime immunity. Vaccine did not give you lifetime immunity. In fact, it was questionable how long it would work. We used to admit that. Nope, not anymore. No, with COVID, it's novel. It's the novel coronavirus. So all science is thrown out the window, and it's only what Lord Fauci says. That is the science now. And he's this guy's admitting it. All right, so anyway, let's go on. But perhaps mo- more important than any individual error was how inherently flawed the overall approach of the scientific community was and continues to be. It was flawed in a way that undermined its efficacy and resulted in thousands, if not millions of preventable deaths what we did what we did not properly appreciate is that preferences determine how scientific expertise is used and that our preferences might be indeed our preferences were very different from many of the people that we serve we created policy based on our preferences now remember he's talking for the scientific community the medical community here Then we justified it using data. I would argue they didn't justify it with actual data. And then we portrayed those opposing our efforts as misguided, ignorant, selfish, and evil. Yep, that was me. That was me. I was called all of those things. Misguided, ignorant, selfish, evil. I I admit I am ignorant about a lot of things. But on this one, I researched a lot of this stuff. I studied, 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 studied to make good decisions for my family's health and because I was talking about it on radio programs like this and on, on TV shows and all of those things. And my wife is an amazing researcher. I'm telling you, she can tell you, you got a medical issue. She's not a doctor, but she's 
a researcher, and so she can look into the data. She goes and she studies. If something happens to one of our kids or somebody in our family, she spends countless hours diving into the data, diving into the research, diving into the studies. Why? So that she can make a good decision for our family. Well, that's what a lot of people did during COVID. They wanted to know for sure what's best for their family. And what this guy's saying is that their out their um, uh, findings and their preference at the end of that findings, because there were multiple options on how to respond, was different than most people in the scientific community, and we should have respected that. He goes on to say, we made science a team sport, and in so doing, we made it no longer science. This is really interesting. I love this. It became us versus them. They responded the only way anyone might expect them to, by resisting. You see what he's saying there? He's saying we, we turned this, this medical... Uh, community and science into a team sport it was us versus them instead of actually we're supposed to all be in this together and you you know you put the research out there and you study and then you let everybody make their own individual decisions and by by making it a team sport and by demonizing anybody that did not join your narrative on the government side of things here you caused people like me i would say I'm, i mean as just a natural thing to resist to push back you're like wait a minute wait a minute you're forcing this on me now i realize most people are sheep most people just follow along i'm telling you though if you're lying out there you know your reaction was the same you're like wait a minute you're gonna force this on me something's not right and that's exactly what we found to be the case I'll see how much more I can get in before the break here. If you want to call, I'll start taking the calls in the in the final segment, 888-589-8840. I'm sorry to all of you that are on hold. We'll get to you as quick as we can, 888-589-8840. Last part I'll read as we're going into our break today. We excluded important parts of the population from policy development and castigated critics. Remember, free speech used to mean arena of ideas. You know, prove me wrong, right? Use logic. Civil discourse used to be valued in this country, but here we changed that. We excluded important parts of the population from policy development and castigated critics, which meant that we deployed a monolithic response. This is what we've been saying all along. Without free speech, without open dialogue, without debate, you get a monolithic response, and that caused this monolithic response across an exceptionally diverse nation. It forged a society more fractured than ever and exacerbated longstanding health and economic disparities. Oh, this this article is so good, folks. It just goes on and on and on. I'm, I'm going to encourage you to read the whole thing. I'm not going to read the whole thing on the air. Kevin Bass is the author. It's in the uh, it's in Newsweek um, yesterday. It was posted yesterday if you go to Newsweek.com and you search for Kevin Bass. And we'll actually uh, uh, do a, um, a link today uh, when you go on our podcast page. You can read the whole article. So, Check that out there. Going to get to your phone calls in just a moment. The phone number is 888-589-8840. I, I, I apologize if I'm coming across as an I told you so moment. I'm not trying to. I'm not, I'm not meaning it like that. I am just so passionate about us never doing this again. We should never follow this path of this monolithic response ever again. Allow for debate. Allow for civil discourse. All the things we called for right here at the core throughout this whole thing. Stay with us, folks. You're listening to At the Core with Walker Waldman and Rick Green.
Hello, I'm Sam Rohr, president of the American Pastors Network, a growing national network of pastors committed to the authority of Scripture and preaching the whole counsel of God. We believe biblical obedience is the foundation for revival and impacting our culture for Christ is our duty. For too long, the pulpits of America have been silent on the important issues such as marriage and family and assault on our liberty. Join us in the battle for truth on Stand in the Gap weekend, Sunday evenings at 6 p.m. on American Family Radio, and visit us at AmericanPastorsNetwork.org. Friendships is offering an exciting opportunity for young adults who want to grow in their walk with God, become physically fit, and learn relief ministry while serving in the Middle East. This is an amazing opportunity to serve God and experience Israel. Check out Seahawks one-year scholarship program at friendships.org or call 337-433-5022. That's 337-433-5022. The next session begins August 19th. Sometimes you see a win, a glimpse of God in this broken world. Preborn rejoices in the overturning of Roe versus Wade. Preborn's mission is to love and help women in unplanned pregnancies by offering them the truth to help them make the right choice by providing free ultrasounds. You see, when an expectant mom hears her baby's heartbeat and sees the image of her baby on ultrasound, she's seeing a life created in God's image, and it's a divine connection. And I got to hear and see my baby for the first time. Hearing the heartbeat made me cry. And it was certain that I was going to keep my baby forever. To learn more about Preborn's life-saving work, go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say baby. All gifts are tax deductible. Your love can save a life. This is Frank Affney with the Secure Freedom Minute. On Friday, Air Force General Mike Minahan told his subordinates who provide the military with transportation and logistical support to prepare for war with communist China. The Pentagon says his comments are, quote, not representative of the department's view on China, unquote. If true, that's an indictment of the Biden Defense Department. It ignores the reality that the Chinese Communist Party is mobilizing for violent conflict with us. And we better pray that every U.S. commander is following General Minahan's lead, not Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin's. Moreover, every American investor and their Wall Street fund managers better be getting our money out of China. After all, it surely won't be possible once Xi Jinping starts hostilities. Such undisclosed material risk is compounded by the fact that those investments are currently underwriting the CCP's preparations for violent aggression, and it must stop now. This is Frank Gaffney. This is At the Core on American Family Radio with your host, Walker Wildman. Welcome back to At the Core with Rick Green and Walker Wildman. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach, and appreciate you staying with us for our final segment today. Phone number to call is 888-589-8840. And uh, the article that I was mentioning earlier we will have on the webpage for the podcast today. And uh, it's a Newsweek article written by Kevin Bath. That's who I was reading directly from. A lot more good stuff in there. I mean, he like you know he he points out a lot of these uh, just incredible scientists uh, and, and that that were ignored or or canceled. I mean, and these were people with with you know massive uh, you know experience and 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 books and and publications and everything else. 
And uh, he even said, when strong scientific voices like world-renowned Stanford professors, John Ioannidis, uh, I, I can never say this guy's name right, but Jay Batakari, Batakara, Scott Atlas, University of California, San Francisco professors, uh, Vinay Prasad and Monica uh, Gandhi. I mean, these are, these are top of the top of the top of the field. And they were saying, and sounding alarms, and they were silenced, absolutely silenced. Okay, uh, let's see. Let's go to the phones here. We've got. Uh, I'm going to start with Lynn in Arkansas. Uh, let's see, Lynn in Arkansas. If I can find the right button, there we go. Okay, Lynn in Arkansas. How are you? Thanks for calling in. Okay, I'm good. Thank you. Um, yeah, I just wanted to say um, I live in a liberal town, and it wasn't that way as far as I knew when I first moved here 30 years ago. But anyway, there's only one Christian I know of on my block, and um, they uh, that couple, um, I saw them out in the street one day. I was outside, and I started to walk over there to say something to them, and the lady said, get back. I don't have my mask. You know, this was during the whole thing (laughs) anyway and i said (laughs) well they don't work anyway and um anyway she i started to say something else she said i don't talk about politics (laughs) and i thought (laughs) uh, that's the whole problem it became political health became political exactly and um exactly I shop at health food stores, and people, you know, were totally disregarding the need for oxygen. And, I mean, I yeah. saw some masks that looked like they'd kill you, <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, and you could see you could see them, like, breathing heavily, right? Like, trying to get oxygen, trying to get air, and you're thinking, okay, we have lost our minds. And, and I always, you know, got a kick yeah. out of the... The, uh, well, not kick. I grieved over these families that would drag their kids through the airport with masks and shields. I mean, they they literally just like looked like they were in a hazmat suit almost. It was just crazy. But uh, to 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 your point with this lady, it's like, okay, you don't want to talk about politics, but you're letting it control your behavior to the point of how you're treating me in this moment, right? And um, if we don't talk about it and 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 think it through, then we don't have civil discourse. And what you're saying, as you just said, healthcare has now become political. Instead of it being science, instead of being what's best, you know, it's it's literally um, uh, become nothing but politics. Great points, Lynn. Great, great points. Thank you so much for calling in. Uh, let's see. Let's head over to Brad. He's in Texas. Brad in Texas is our next up. Brad, go ahead, man. What's your comment or question today? Hey, Brad, if you can hear me, you're up. Okay. Um, my question or comment, whatever you want to call it, is I just feel like we've been duped, first off. Second off, we took the vaccines at first, some of us, because we felt we had to. Yeah. And now oh. they're putting people out of the military. Yeah. For that hey, very did you reason. Think you, you didn't just think you had to. They, they literally, uh, it was literally a gun. It was an economic gun to your head. Uh, and, and I would say that to everybody out there that's listening right now, if you if you took the vax, if you took the jab, if you took 14 boosters, whatever, uh, and you're and you're feeling like, man, and, and you're feeling like you made a mistake or whatever. Hey, listen, you did the best you could with the information that you had at the time and with the economic pressure at the time. And like you're saying, Brad, I mean, members of the military 
literally booted from the military. Some, these are warriors. We had lawsuits from Navy SEALs and others, helicopter pilots and others, trying to prevent from having to get it. Um, you know, women that were pregnant and the, and the data showing the number of miscarriages and all the d- damage that it was doing, and they were having to make a decision between their career uh, and, and the life of their baby. It was just awful. It was awful. The, the, the people losing jobs. Uh, anyway, sorry, Brad. I jumped in on you there. Go ahead. Uh, well, no, that's uh, pretty much all I really had to say. I just, I think you either learn from history yeah. or you're doomed to repeat it. Amen. Amen. And and that's, that's I mean, you nailed it, Brad. That's that's why I'm ranting on this. It's, again, not to say I told you so, not to say we were right all along, even though we were, but to, it's to say, I'm sorry, that was, I shouldn't have said that, but um, it's to say we cannot do this again. And, and and when we did raise our voice in the beginning and we tried to bring some some sanity to this and, and, and people wouldn't listen, it was so frustrating because it was so obvious what was happening. And so the reason we're speaking now that the evidence is there and not just saying, like a lot of people are just like, oh, let's just forgive everybody. Let's just have a do-over. Let's just wipe the slate clean. The reason you can't do that is because of what you just said. You cannot doom ourselves to repeat this uh, it, 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 by not – learning the lesson and the lesson here is exactly what this guy was saying in, in newsweek uh, and that is that you have to allow open debate you cannot silence people that are that are trying to voice a, a different opinion you cannot uh, prevent the debate from taking place because then it becomes a monolithic response uh, it becomes this 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 lockstep i mean this is why communism is so dangerous because it doesn't allow dissent it doesn't allow a different opinion it doesn't allow the free flow of ideas and the and the, and the the competition that happens uh from different people having different ideas and then you can look at the results that some people are getting and we can learn from that see that's finally happening at this point you know we're reaching this point where you know people that didn't uh, get the jab or they didn't you know mask or they didn't shut down or whatever it might be people are seeing wow that was the right decision they are the ones that made the right decision i want to be in the right decision column next time and so we're learning from it but look how long it took us to learn from it and look how many people still haven't learned from it how many people are still championing the insanity i mean they're still at the cdc telling you to mask up and telling you to social distance six feet from people a rule that was made up on the spot in a random conversation at the white house no science behind it no no data behind it literally created out of thin air and it became the mantra of an entire nation stickers that said six feet apart on virtually every floor of every business in the united states of america were based on a made-up conversation about social distancing and six feet maybe would would work out great i I mean that's how ignorant we were and so brad nailed it we cannot repeat this again and the only way we won't you know we can prevent this from happening again is if we shout from the rooftops right now the lesson to be learned and this kevin bass has has, uh, put his finger right on the lesson and that is open debate do not silence the opposition Make sure that you're allowing for people to make their own decisions, not government. And that's the one. That's the lesson I've tried to drive home throughout all of these conversations: is that this is a lesson in proper role in the proper role of government. This has proved to us why the founding fathers thought the government should have nothing to do with health care at the federal level, because when you do that at the federal level, 
when you when you push this out to the whole nation and everybody has to act the same, you don't get the incubators of ideas. You don't get the laboratories of ideas. You don't get the opportunity to see that, oh, wait, that state did it different and we got a totally different result. And 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 because of I mean, let's admit it, it was the Trump White House first and then the Biden White House took it to a whole other level because of the federal forcing everybody to act the same. You had very few detractors. Initially, it was only Christy Nome. Initially, it was South Dakota, and that was it. And that was not that was not everywhere. I mean, the cities, she allowed the cities to make their own decisions. And so a lot of the cities had their own kind of lockdowns and mask mandates and all this crazy stuff. But for people outside of those areas, she wasn't making anybody shut down. She didn't require any businesses to shut down. She did not force any of these mandates on anybody. And so we saw, wait a minute, they, they've got just as good a numbers or even better than other places. And then Ron DeSantis woke up and said, hey, this is wrong what I'm doing. And, and I know there's a big debate going on on social media right now about who did lockdowns, who didn't do lockdowns. Was DeSantis, you know, like Newsom and Abbott and the others? Others? No, he wasn't. He did it for a little bitty while. I mean, it was only a few weeks. He was the first one to wake up that had been on the wrong side of this. And be, and why? This is really important. Why did he wake up? Because he was allowed to, he wanted to hear the debate. He asked for the dissenters to come in and show him, where am I wrong on this? And so because of that and, and allowing for that free flow of debate, he went, wait a minute, we've been wrong. You're right. The data's clear. And so Florida was one of the first to say enough of this. And so they opened up and they stopped the nonsense and he became a champion for, for all of these freedoms. And he's gotten it right ever since then. Now, I, I, you know, for those of you in that debate between DeSantis and Trump right now, I admit he was wrong. DeSantis was wrong early on. But the first politician in my life to stand up and say, I got it wrong, I'm reversing course, and it'll never happen again under my watch. And so I have respect for that. And 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 in the same vein, Donald Trump had exactly the right instincts from the beginning. He said this is going to be no worse than a really bad flu year, which is exactly what the data is showing. It is no worse than a really bad flu year. He was right about that. Now, where he got it wrong was he put Pope Fauci out front in the news media every day. And so every afternoon we're having to listen to Fauci pontificate and listen to Dr. Burks talk about everybody not only wearing masks but goggles. I mean, these people are crazy. And she and you read Scott Atlas's book, and she was she was an absolute narcissist behind the scenes. And if you if you crossed her, Scott Atlas points this out in his book, he crossed her one day in the White House. He questioned I didn't cross her, he questioned some statement that she had made. Everybody looked at him like like he had just you know spoiled the party, and said you don't question Doctor Doctor Burks you don't are you kidding me Of course you question someone that's advocating a policy for three hundred million people to follow Okay I'm gone on long enough I just I just keep uh, keep pontificating Let's go back to the phones We got John in Kansas John you are up next John Thanks for calling in man What's your comment or question yeah, on the uh, six-foot requirement uh, that was imposed for spacing that you commented on, I, I agree that six foot is pulled out of thin air, totally, totally. Uh, on the other hand, at least that has some basis in fact. Well, you, and you're talking about just the, the common sense thing that if, if people are sick, don't get close to them and, 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 you know, try to try to try to avoid at least uh, to some, you know, just like if I see somebody, you know, coughing and sneezing and whatnot and they come up and want to shake my hand. I'm like, <laughs> thanks, but no thanks. You know, right. I mean, that's what you're talking about is just the common sense of not being right in somebody in somebody's space if they're sick. 
But the problem here is we assumed everybody was sick. We, 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 we actually treated our neighbors and everyone that we came in contact with as the enemy. I mean, that's um, right. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's, there's little basis for that. There is a little basis for that, too, because as we've seen, COVID spread has spread to everybody in the country, essentially. So we've got natural immunity, a lot of it. Yeah. So, yeah. And even, so what was what... a little basis. But, but I'll take issue with the masks. Yeah. No scientific evidence Agreed. at all that it Agreed. ever did anybody win. Agreed. And, and, and I would I would totally agree with you on all of that. And I, and I think point out that the basis on the social distancing would be um, that that for someone who is at high risk of, of dying or serious you know hospitalization or whatever, that, that taking uh, the measure of social distancing made sense. It did not make sense for the general population because actually we needed herd immunity. We needed that natural immunity to spread. So we actually, in my opinion, and I know this is a non-scientific, you know, but in my opinion, we prolonged uh, the, the the virus and the and the and the harm of the virus by not by social distancing and by not having people live life unless unless you were in that if you know if you have the comorbidities if you have immune deficiencies if you if you're over 60 or 70 or whatever that number uh you know then it makes sense for you to social distance and to take some additional uh steps but uh but for the rest of us and and like you said the mask thing though even if you're in those categories uh wearing the mask was not going to help you with the with the whole covid thing good points john good points all and uh appreciate you calling in with that let's see we got uh what just a couple of minutes left here Let's try um, – boy, there's a lot of y'all to choose from here. Uh, and they, and now that they're letting me choose, this is kind of scary for, for the whole world. Let's go to John. We didn't do an Oklahoma call yet. John in Oklahoma. Go ahead, John. What's your comment or question hey. today if you're still with us? Hey there. Hi. I would like to highlight something that I think everybody's missing. Um, the entire narrative for the, for the COVID was relied upon by a PCR test. The inventor of the PCR test – has said it's not a diagnostic test. You cannot diagnose COVID or anything else with a PCR test. The entire narrative is driven by false positives. Every positive was a false positive, and it's still driving the fake pandemic narrative. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. This is great, John. It's a good one to end on, and I only got about 60 seconds. So thank you very much for, for, for calling in. But I, uh, the, the point here is, I, I don't know if every positive could be called a false positive, but I mean, based on what he's saying about the test, yes. But um, yeah, the, the, the real point here that nobody was talking about uh, was that these tests were creating the hysteria. And, and that's why I was like, don't go take a test. Stop testing. Stop testing. We were saying that from the beginning. This is this is crazy. Unless you're in very specific scenarios, like when I went to a UFC fight and I need to be able to get in, they were testing people. I was like, okay, I had to do it in order, order to get in. But what did the testing do? It made people crazy. I mean, they were obsessed with it, and they're still obsessed with it, and the data was completely non-reliable. I, I mean, people were getting tests, you know, saying it, they were positive and they weren't. It was showing them negative when they were positive. I mean, it was an absolute disaster. But a lot of people made a lot of money off of even just those tests. And it helped them create the hysteria that made everybody sheep, made them scared to death. If you got everybody wearing masks, you're making everybody test. They're so focused on the virus and they're so focused on COVID, they're not living life. And they're not thinking about their rights. We're out of time, folks. I'm Rick Green, America's Constitution Coach. You've been listening to At The Core with Walker Wildman and Rick Green.
The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.